we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. 1 Peter chapter 1, we find our places here. It's been a great day in the Lord's house. I've, I've certainly been encouraged. I know you have as well. The Bible says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls." The opening verses here in 1 Peter is one of the most loved passages in all of Scripture. It begins as a, a blessing to God, but also uh, describes how incredibly blessed we are as believers in Christ. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, our hope is not a wish, it's as alive as He is. Our inheritance as God's children is eternal, it's full of glory and secured forever. Even in our suffering, we have every reason today to rejoice. Just like we sing about choir and choir practice, even in the valley, God is good. And we can sing that as believers with conviction in our hearts. The Apostle Peter writes a letter to Christians facing persecution to comfort them with the truth of who they are in Christ, children of God with every reason to rejoice in their salvation and future glory and eternity. Next, he urges them to live like the holy ones of God. They already are by doing these three things, obeying God now, loving others earnestly, and placing all their hope in the endless life to come. Of course, we know that although the immediate application of these words is to churches facing the, the possibility and probability of actual persecution for the sake of Christ, however, the principle here involved applies to every one of us. And the worries and the sorrows of our daily lives uh, need the exhortation here just as, uh, as much did the martyr's pains. One commentator said this about our lack of joy and gladness. He states, white ants will pick a carcass clean as soon as a lion will, and there is quite as much wear and tear of Christian gladness arising from the small frictions of our daily life as from the great strain and stress of persecution. Think about that. The simple fact is that there is a great lack of joy demonstrated in the life of believers in general today. That's just the fact. However, more specifically, I believe that there's a great lack of joy 
amongst Christian leaders today. And Pastor Hooks touched base on that just briefly in one of his sermons a couple weeks ago about preaching the truth in love. And I believe that there's a, there's a great lack of joy demonstrated there. My desire this evening is just to simply encourage you and with God's help remind you, remind you of why, why as we of God's people can rejoice today. I'd like to draw your attention there back to verse 6. It says, wherein ye greatly rejoice. If you're in the habit of marking things, I want you to underline that. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. I want you to pray with me. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would please just bless this time. You'd put your hand of guiding upon the words that I say, that you'd help me, Lord, as we open up your word, and to help us to glean from it as much as we possibly can tonight. Lord, I ask that you would please help us all, Lord, to learn here, and as we're convicted, Lord, to, uh, to rearrange things in our hearts that need to be rearranged. And Lord, just to encourage us tonight, your word is such an encouragement, and I ask, Lord, that you'd use me to uh, further that encouragement tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. My son Bennett, he loves to sing. And as a music director, you can imagine, I'm very, very thankful for that. And uh, one of his favorite songs, other than we don't talk about Bruno, um, is I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Except when he sings it, and he'll sing it in his car seat behind me as I'm driving in my truck there. And and as he sings, he just kind of gets stuck there on the word joy. And he just sings it over, and I've got the joy, 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 joy. And he just keeps going and keeps going. And uh, as I'm listening to him, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, no, that's not the song. That's not the song. But, hey, he's got a hold of something. At least he knows what joy means, you know. I've got the joy, joy. And just keep repeating it. That's okay. It brings joy to my heart just to hear him singing like that. Many of us... Maybe we need to get stuck on that word from time to time. I've got the joy, and never get away from it. I've got the joy down in my heart. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ living inside of us. We all know that there's a monumental difference here between happiness and joy. Happiness is based upon our circumstance. Happiness is based upon how we feel from day to day. Uh, But true joy is based upon what we know. I want you to get this. John MacArthur said this, he said, knowledge of God is the key to rejoicing. Those who know the great truths about God find it easy to rejoice. Those with little knowledge of Him find it very difficult to rejoice. Think about that. That that hit home with me when I read that. Many here in this auditorium tonight have, have experienced this far greater than I have, I'd say, But the more that you learn of God, the more you assimilate, the more you experience the joy and the joy-filled life that God has created and that He's reserved for those that are His, you, you experience that that kind of life is the greatest life you can live. That's the greatest life on earth is the Christian life. To be able to be a believer to be able to say with confidence that my home is in heaven, that gives you and I joy, lasting joy, enduring joy. Pastor Hook said recently, when the word of Christ is dwelling richly in us, we can rejoice in his promises and find peace in his purposes. Think of that. I'd like to give you, don't be worried, five reasons we can rejoice today. 
We can rejoice today. If you're, if you're making notes tonight, I want you to make sure you put that word today. Five reasons we can rejoice today, and they're all found within these nine verses. Number one tonight, we can rejoice today because of the mercy we've obtained through Christ. We can rejoice today because of the mercy we've obtained through Christ. Look at there with me in verse 3. Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope. Peter shows us an appropriate response to God's great mercy to us. And here it is, praise. Specifically, he blesses God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that God is one being and three persons. If you're familiar with 1 Peter, then you know that Peter's letter reveals some of the distinctions between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, in this case right here, he praises the Father while acknowledging Christ as our Lord. Peter blesses God for his mercy. You'll find that word abundant translated many, in many ways with words such as much or great, many, plenteous, often, and abundant, of course. You'll find this word, think of this, 365 times in the New Testament. For some reason, many in my generation, many in my generation I know and the generation that's coming up, they... they They've given God kind of a bad rap, if you will. Uh, they, they may say that he's stingy or he's selfish or unwilling to give us what we need or truly desire, that he's just waiting up in heaven, to, in essence, to hit us over the head when we do wrong. We, of course, know that that's not true. That's the complete opposite of our Savior. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, Titus 3.5 tells us, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. According to His mercy, He saved us. It's been said many times that by God's mercy, we didn't receive what we did deserve, and through grace, we received what we didn't deserve. Peter says, through the abundance of mercy, we have a living hope. We are born again through this living hope, who is Jesus who God raised from the dead as living proof of His mercy to us. God has abundance of all good things for you and for me. This week, I want to challenge you with one thing. This week, may we see God as a God of abundance. He's rich in mercy through Christ. We can rejoice today. Why? Because of the mercy we've obtained through Christ. Here's number two. We can rejoice today because of the hope that we have in Christ. We can rejoice today because of the hope that we have in Christ. Look with me once more in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Think of the power in those words. Uh, the comfort in those words, I think, of when I read those. We can rejoice today because of the hope we have in Christ. We as God's children can rejoice in the hope we have in heaven through the salvation that we've received from Christ. Listen, there is a yearning in the hearts of every human soul today for one thing, and that's for hope. That's for hope. Hope in something, 
or someone. Hope that things will get better. Hope that things will turn around, whatever the circumstance may be. Hope that a relationship will be mended. Hope that uh, maybe uh, that others will see value in them. Hope that their bodies will be healed. And certainly coming post-COVID now, we, we've experienced a lot of that. There's a lot of hope that maybe their bodies may be healed. Can others see the hope of Jesus Christ demonstrated in your life? I want you to ask yourself that question. I asked myself that question when preparing for this, and I was smitten with conviction. I thought, I don't know. I don't know. Can they? Can they see the hope of Jesus Christ uh, radiating through me? That's a convicting thought to think about there. Can I remind you tonight that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ? We have the answer. We possess that hope. Think about that. Can others see it demonstrated in your life? No matter what happens in this life, we know that we're on the winning side. Praise God for that. We know that heaven is our home. We know that the pain we experience today is only for a season. We know that the hurt our loved ones have experienced will soon be no more. We know that restoration is waiting for us in the presence of Jesus. We have this hope. My wife and I, I want you to pray for us, we're working on a, a new CD that, we're, um, that we just began working on just a few weeks ago. And the, the theme of the, the CD that God's given us is our hope and our home. And, you know, for about two years now, uh, in the process of all this and gathering the songs and things like that, um, God has put this theme on my heart. My goodness, this world needs to know that they have a hope beyond this world. They need to know that, that heaven can be their home. Heaven is our home. Christ is our hope. May we rejoice today in that truth. Can I ask you, what are you dealing with today that when viewed through the perspective of eternity really matters? Think about that. I think that many of us, especially myself, uh, need a daily dose of eternal perspective. And I think about this often. Now, we can apply this to many things concerning our efforts of evangelism, decisions that we make from day to day, precautions we may take. But I'd like for you to apply this thought to the biblical truth that we can and should be as Christians filled with joy on a consistent basis because of the hope that we have in Christ. May we all be reminded that true joy is a supernatural work of God. It's a supernatural work of God. You say, we're in the world. We're in this world, this dirty, filthy world, living in this world. It's hard to have joy while living in this wicked, this chaotic world. So much political correctness, so many things going on around us. I think of the world that my, my, my two boys and Lord willing, my daughter has to, to, to grow up in. And I think about how chaotic it really is. You think, how can we have joy? Can I remind you that although we are in the world, we are not of the world? We are citizens of a better country. Our inheritance is in a land that is yet to come. Our hope, therefore, is not in this world. Our hope is in the Lord. I just want to encourage you with that thought tonight. And because we are in Him, He is in us. Can I remind you that joy is a fruit of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, we find in Galatians. 
James Montgomery Boyce, a commentator, he said this. He said, the word rejoice is interesting. For it only, uh, for it is rather only a variant form of the word joy, which is one of the great Christian virtues and the fruit of God's Spirit. Consequently, rejoicing like joy is supernatural. Joy is the Christian virtue. Joy issues from the nature of God, and it is intended to well up within those in whom God's Spirit dwells. Think of the power of those words there. I love this song. It goes like this. And I'm sure as soon as I start saying the first line, you'll start singing it in your mind. I have found His grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free. Yes, free indeed. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing. I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. All the Savior's presence is so near, I can see His smiling face. I have found the joy no tongue can tell, how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great or flowing well, springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the half has never yet been told. Many of you grew up singing that song with uh, all of your life. I remember singing that as a little boy all the way until now. And I, I want to continue to sing that song with conviction all the way until the end. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. We can rejoice today because of the hope that we have in Christ. Let me give you a third reason we can rejoice today. We can rejoice today because of the faithfulness of Christ. We can rejoice today because of the faithfulness of Christ. Look with me in verse 5. Peter says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I'd like for you to underline those words, who are kept by the power of God. Who are kept by the power of God. You see, it's the power of God that you and I can rely on. There's no power like the power of God and His Word. You see, because of the power of God, he is able to keep His Word, and through His precious Word, we can rely on His faithfulness to us. Can you think of a single time that God's not provided for you? A single time. Can you think of a single time that God has not showed up for you? Can you think of a single time when God has not proven His love for you? I'm simply here to remind you tonight that we serve a God who's faithful to us. Oh, he's a never faithful God. We can always depend on him. Listen to this. When we can't always depend on others, and the matter of the fact is that you can't. Why? Because of the humanity in each one of us. When you can't depend on others, you can always depend on him. Run to him. Uh, sit by his feet. Learn from him. Open up his word. Allow his word to comfort you this week. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Can I ask you something? Is there a sin in your heart that's robbing you from joy today? 
My papaw, he's been pastor of Bible Baptist Tabernacle for 52 years now. And God's used him, and he's been faithful. And uh, what a testimony to me as his grandson and to all of his grandchildren. He has, oh, let me, let me think here. I think he has 47 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. His faithfulness is a testimony day in and day out. He sends us texts every morning, all capital letters, <laughs> praying for you. I love you. Let's stay faithful to God and His Word. Witness to someone today. It's almost every day, and I love him. I'll keep him forever. But I'm so thankful for him and his faithfulness. He said this, and I'll never forget it. I think I was about 16 years old when he said it. He said, Andrew, do you want to know what the greatest joy is in all the world? And I didn't know what he was going to say. And he said, it's to know that you're right with God. It's to know that you're right with your Savior. He's 80-something years old. He's been serving God faithfully. God saved him out of alcoholism, saved him out of so many things, in and out of jail all the time. And in his late 20s, God saved him, called him to preach, and he's been the pastor there ever since. You think about his testimony, but for a man like that to say that to me, it stuck with me. There is no greater joy in all the world than to know that you're right with your Savior. Well, think about that. It's convicting. 1 John 1.9 tells us this. Let me comfort you with these words. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, the devil wants to trip you up and make you fall. If for any reason at all, to simply attempt to take away the joy that you already possess. He may not be able to steal your soul, but if he can steal your joy, then he's fulfilling his agenda. And get this, and as a result, causing so many others to fall along the way. I'd hate to get to heaven and find out that others turned from the gospel because of the absence of joy in my life. You say, come on, that's silly. You don't think, uh, you don't think that that could happen? Absolutely, I think that that can happen. You don't, you don't think that your kids are watching to see if there's any joy and fulfillment in your life? Father, mother, dad, mom. You don't think that your kids are watching. I know how I was in my own home. To see the joy that I got to experience from week to week because of the God that my parents served. You don't think that your kids are watching? You don't think that the, the anger, the contention, the bitterness, the misery that you display on a weekly basis is, pow is, is powerful enough to turn their hearts against everything that you live for? Think about it. It's something as a young father I think about often. May God help us to live in the joy that we possess because of the faithfulness of Christ. Examples of faithfulness are all throughout God's Word, of course, and you may have a favorite story. There's stories all throughout God's Word of His faithfulness. And you may have a favorite story, but uh, a story that comes to my mind when considering this topic is, uh, is the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph. After Joseph's brothers threw him into a pit and sold him into slavery, you know the story. Joseph arrived in Egypt and was sold yet again to an Egyptian ruler named Potiphar. The opening verse of chapter 39 here appears disastrous as Joseph is left as a teenage slave in a foreign land, separated from his family and homeland. At first glance here, God kind of seems like he's lost control of the story. It kind of seems that way when you're reading it. 
But Genesis 39 verse 2 begins with this, The Lord was with Joseph. These five words run as a thread throughout the whole narrative here, both through Joseph's pain and his prosperity. Whether we're in good times, whether we're in hard times, Jesus' presence will prove to be our greatest treasure, our greatest surety, and our greatest blessing every time. Which leads me to the fourth reason we can rejoice today. We can rejoice today because our trials are making us more like Christ. We all face them week in and week out. You may be going through a different trial than I am. We may be in a similar circumstance, but we all go through trials. And it's a comforting thought to know that through God's Word, we can read here and we can rest assured that through our trials, it may be financial trials, it may be physical trials, it may be mental trials, whatever it may be, relational trials, whatever it may be, spiritual trials. We know that whatever it may be, if we will trust God and see Him through it, He'll see us through it. We can bank on that. And through that, we can know that we're becoming more like Christ. As a Christian, that ought to, that ought to give you some joy. To know that if you'll trust Him through your trial, God will bring you through it. And as a result, you will progress in your sanctification. You will become more like Christ. And that's a great thought to think about. You see, I believe it's through the difficulties of life that we have a greater view and appreciation of the faithfulness of God. Whether in the pit or the palace, God's presence in the life of Joseph changed everything. It changed everything. We typically don't discover the intimacy and joy of Jesus' presence without walking through difficult times. So if you're one of those hard seasons, I want to encourage you just to lean into His presence. Lean into it. In the end, you may even find yourself grateful for the trial because of the way it drew you closer to Christ and made you to become more like Him. Pastor Hooks once said this, he said, A child of God must not become a captive of his circumstance. He must rejoice always. Prison custody is the last place that someone would expect anyone to rejoice or encourage others to do the same. However, Paul, if you remember, was in the Roman prison. And he didn't allow his condition to rob him of joy. He rejoiced in his tribulation and he urged believers to cultivate the same attitude. We find that in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Paul urges the church, rejoice in the Lord always, always. And again, I say rejoice. To rejoice in the Lord is to be full of glory, full of joy rather, excuse me, in the Lord in spite of one's circumstances. Let me repeat that. To rejoice in the Lord is to be full of joy in the Lord in spite of your circumstances. To carry yourself with joy. To to have a skip in your step, metaphorically, of joy. So that others can see that around you. Why? Because they're looking for a hope. They're looking... Listen, if if you've lived more... If you've lived long enough... All right, even even teenagers go through their own set of trials and things that they deal with from day to day and things that the devil tries to really just get them down and beat them down. If you've gone through any trials at all, you know that everyone else goes through them as well. Can I tell you something right now? We as Christians, to those in the world who maybe don't possess that joy yet, we as Christians ought to walk 
in that joy so that they can draw them closer to God. It can draw them. What, what's different about you? There's, there's got to be something different about you. Uh, people have asked my dad that throughout the years. He has a plethora of stories of people asking him, what, in the hospital, he's singing as he's walking down the steps. A very challenging day, I remember. I can't remember all the specifics, but I remember a very challenging day. He's walking down the, the stairwell, the, uh, stairwell there, and he's just singing. I don't know what he was singing, but he's just full of God's joy. And uh, a nurse there stopped him and said, I saw what you just dealt with. I, I saw what you just went through there with that, that person, and yet you come out singing. What, what's, dif- what's different with you? And he was able to share the gospel, and that, that lady was able to accept Christ. It's simple things like that, and it does work. God's designed it that way. Let's walk with joy in our hearts today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, the Apostle Paul tells us, as sorrowful, yet always, always rejoicing. We all need to be reminded that rejoicing through our trials isn't intended to just help us, like I just said. Through our rejoicing, we're making others glad. Through our rejoicing, we're giving others hope. Through our rejoicing, we're giving others a reason to go on. Can I remind you of something? Joy isn't found in a substance. Uh, Joy is not found even in a human relationship. Joy is not found in an experience. Joy isn't found in accomplishments. Joy isn't found in material wealth. True joy, true joy is only found in Jesus Christ. If you're submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ in every area of your life, then no matter what He does, no matter what trials He brings you through, no matter what He takes away from you, you can trust that it's for His purpose and for His glory. Many of us are purposeful to pray when things aren't going our way. And I'm guilty of this, and that's good. We cry out to God for answers. Let me encourage you to do that. Don't stop praying. Don't don't stop crying out to the Lord in your time of need. But can I ask you something? Are we just as purposeful to praise Him? Think about that. Are we just as purposeful to praise God as we are to pray to Him? Let's praise Him this week. Let's pray. But let's praise Him this week from day to day. Listen. Some of the most joyful times is when I'm praising the Lord in my car just by myself. All right, listening to my son sing is great. Singing with our family, it's great as we're driving down the road. But just by myself, all right, that way all voice cracks will only stay in the the truck there, all right? Nobody will hear him trying to hit those high notes. But when I'm singing to the Lord, it just does something. It reminds me of that hope. I am not the example. So please understand, I am not trying to act like I am. But a couple weeks ago, it just reminded me in preparing for the sermon, uh, there was a situation that that I had to deal with, and, and it was very discouraging. I mean, just very discouraging. So little compared to what others are going through. But to me, in the time, the devil just used it to just keep just punching me that day. I believe it was a Monday. Everything bad comes on a Monday. And, uh, and I was very discouraged. But I got into my vehicle, driving home from work, and I just began to sing. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to purpose to do it. And let me tell you, six minutes down the road did a whole lot of good for me. All right? Sing to the Lord. Purpose to praise Him. Thank Him when you pray. And that will help you so much. May we purpose to praise Him today. Let me give you the fifth reason we can rejoice today. We can rejoice today because of this, because soon we will meet Christ. Soon we will meet Christ. 
That ought to make everyone happy in the room today. Soon we will meet Christ. Look with me in verse 7 and 8. Peter says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We can rejoice today because soon we will meet Christ. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 says this, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. 1 John 3.2 tells us this, We shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Think of the comfort of those words. Church, there's a day coming that... That when all that's broken will be restored, when all that's wrong will be made right, one day we shall see Him, and oh, what a day that will be. It reminds me of the song that we sing with the choir, One Day. One day we will see face to face, Jesus, is there a greater vision of grace? The former things shall all pass away on that day. And then we go into that wonderful chorus, When We All Get to Heaven. I love to sing that song. Oh, I love to say, oh, how it encourages my heart when we sing that. And we've sang that enough that you may know it some. When we sing that again, whether it's for Easter or in the next few weeks, sing it with us. I, I love when the choir sings. I love when, when Grant gets up here to sing and when these groups get up here to sing. I enjoy it singing myself, but there's nothing that like when the whole congregation lifts their voice and prays and sings to the Lord. It encourages one another. I believe Carrie Breck, stated it clearly when she penned the words in 1898 to the hymn that's been an encouragement to millions throughout the years. She says this, Face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face what will it be? When with rapture I behold Him, Jesus Christ who died for me, only faintly now I see Him with the darkened veil between, but a blessed day is coming when His glory shall be seen. What rejoicing in His presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened and the dark things shall be plain. Face to face, old blissful moment, face to face, to see and know. Face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loves me so. And then, of course, the familiar chorus there, face to face I shall behold Him far beyond the starry sky, Face to face in all His glory, I shall see Him by and by. And think about how much of an encouragement those words are to you, written over a hundred years ago. I believe she got it right when she penned those words. There's a reason I said that we can rejoice today. I'm going to say this and I'll be done. And that is because all you can control is what you do today. You can't control what, what's happened to you in the past. I wish I could, but I can't. You can't control or change what's been done to you in the past, what you've done in the past. We cannot change how we've responded to our trials in the past. All we can control is how we respond today. What does the Bible say? The psalmist said, Restore unto me 
the joy of my salvation. May you and I as believers, may we purpose to demonstrate this week and for the weeks to come the joy that we already possess. And I just want to encourage you, if you're in this congregation today, maybe if you're listening on the live stream, if you have not accepted Christ, if you haven't experienced that joy unspeakable and full of glory, please don't wait. Trust Him today, and you can have that. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.